1: Hello, welcome to The Ghost of Harrenhal. My name is Simon.
0: And I'm McKelly.
1: Thank you for joining us for episode 79 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire by George Martin. Today, we'll be discussing chapter 5 of A Clash of Kings, that's Aria 2.
0: As always, we're going to chat about the chapter and try not to spoil any future plot points for you. And hopefully, we're going to provide you with some entertainment along the way.
1: We will summarize what happened, discuss our thoughts on it, provide some useful background, compare it to the TV show indulge in a little pedantry, and cover some a mail. Be sure to check out the show notes. They'll help you, particularly if you're not reading along with us. How are you, McKelly? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I think I should warn you that Monday is President's Day.
0: <laughs> we don't have that day off, do we? We don't. No. Okay. So I sh- I shouldn't not come to work. <laughs> you shouldn't
1: not come to work that day. Yes, it's, it's... <laughs>
0: All of a sudden, I'm going to start thinking I'm a banker or something and taking bank holidays.
1: <laughs> so, um, I have a weekly call now with my mom, my mum. Uh-huh, nice. Oh, nice. yeah, and my and my siblings, all, all of right. us get together. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And it's 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 really quite fun. I mean, I often when I when I go home and I hang out with my siblings, I often get into sort of squabbles like a child. But <laughs> one hour once a week, we all laugh and have a great time. So Wait, it's kind it of
0: nice. sounds like you're you're. You are having Rob uh, proven right and me proven wrong when I said that you are laid-back and calming force in my life.
1: <laughs> uh, let me let me be clear. It's all them. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I'm just speaking truth to them. If they get irate about it, that's that's on them. That, you
0: know? That's true. That's, you can't control how they react. <laughs> right.
1: So my. My elder sister was saying that her husband got a text from someone out of the blue, and the text was asking him to connect this person with his boss. Okay. Slightly convoluted story. But it turned out that the person that was texting him was a famous celebrity in England. Oh, it was very exciting, Yeah. apart from the fact that not a single person on the call knew this person. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. So would you say famous? <laughs> well, they were. I, I sort of like looked on the IMDB and Wikipedia, and I was like, oh, that's quite a famous person, actually. But none of us knew, so the story just <laughs> fell flat. <you> know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but... My sister got kind of, she got kind of irate and she was trying to, she was trying to do something and she accidentally hung up and it made (laughs) us all laugh and laugh Uh, and she came back and she was like, that was an accident. Wasn't that angry?
0: (laughs) That must've been how Rod Brindamore felt when, um. And he, he gave Ethan those uh, hockey lessons, and Ethan didn't know who he was.
1: <laughs> I, I love that. So so for those who don't know, Rod Brindamore is a famous hockey player who played for the Carolina Hurricanes and now is their coach. Yep, yep. And and he saw Ethan skating one day and invited him over to get a little bit of coaching.
0: Yes, yes. Mm. Ethan got uh, was run through some hockey drills by... Uh, one-time great hockey player, now head coach, uh, Rod Brindamore. And so Rod was on the ice with these two other guys he was putting through drills. It happened to be just a day or two before the NHL draft. So a friend of mine who is a hockey writer assumed that it was international players that Rod was checking out that he hadn't had a chance to see in person yet.
1: Oh, to see if they were draft worthy.
0: Yeah, that, that's what wow. he speculates. You know, I, I have a wow. friend who's in the hockey writing world. And where
1: did e- where did Ethan go in the draft? <laughs> he, he's still waiting. <laughs>
0: and so he, Ethan he comes off the ice. You know, he runs through these drills with these guys and 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 who this guy who turns out to be Rod Brindamore. And when Ethan comes off the ice. Everybody is because the ice was cleared. It was just Ethan and these two guys and. Uh, Ethan comes off the ice, and everybody's like, what did, what did he say?
1: You because a do? crowd gathered, right? Yes, a, a crowd, crowd gathered to watch.
0: They were taking pictures and videos and stuff, and <laughs> Ethan was like, man, I'm way better than I thought I was. <laughs> and, and he gets off the ice, and, and um, people are running up to him saying, what did he tell you? What did you guys talk about? And he's like, who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> who was that? <laughs> they're like, that was Rod Brindamore. And Ethan was like, oh,
1: Oh, that okay. makes sense. Yeah. He knew what he was talking about, I could tell. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> uh so that was Ethan's accidental brush with a hockey legend.
1: <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I mean he knows him now, you know. Right, yeah. He probably wasn't draft eligible at that point.
0: <laughs> he would have been he would have been 18 i think he would have been draft eligible it was probably okay. just needed a little more work on his game right like, <laughs> flatten out <laughs> some of the rough edges a little bit
1: <laughs> and also recognition of people who are talking to him yes well. uh, I've, I've always liked that story yeah uh,
0: he likes that story too if well, only he was that. a uh, carolina hurricanes fan it would have yeah. helped. He probably would have known if he had yes, been a probably. Carolina Hurricanes fan.
1: <laughs> um. So how did he compare to the other two? Oh, he's,
0: he was like, when when Rod called him over, he's like, hey, hey, can we come work in with these guys. I'll put you through some drills. And Ethan said, I can't do what they're doing. And he's like, that's okay. <laughs> I'll, have you, I'll have you do a different <laughs> stuff. But he said... They were working like in unison. And Ethan was like a fly in the ointment. He was like, "No, Rod is like, no, 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 not not like that."
1: <laughs> My God, these guys don't speak English, and they know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. uh, that's that, that's added a ripple to that story, actually, because I always assumed that he did okay. You know, I mean, they were hitting it harder, and they were slightly more accurate, but but in actual fact. They were way better.
0: <laughs> if my friend Kurt is correct, these were draft level prospects. Right, it is not a draft level hockey prospect. <laughs> so uh, poor Ethan. If, at least he didn't trip and fall on his face or accidentally hit the puck into you know Rod's groin or something.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, let's get down to business. How did we leave Arya? Um, last we saw her, she was escaping King's Landing, masquerading as a boy in Yoren's new Knights Watch recu- recruiting class. After ignoring consistent harassment from a pair of older boys, she finally snapped, took a wooden sword to one of them, Hot Pie. She beat him badly and took a beating of her own from Yoren as consequence. She learned that her father was supposed to be joining them on this trip to the Wall, if not for Joffrey's last second change of plans. All right, why well, don't we give them a summary of this one?
0: Okay. As Arya and her traveling band of knights watch recruits head north on the King's Road from King's Landing, they pass a steady stream of traffic heading in the other way. At first they pass market towns full of people and fields of well-tended crops, but the sense of normalcy and order erode, and they begin to notice roadside graves. One night Arya wakes up startled by the stillness of the night. The next morning she discovers a traveling companion named Praed has died. And it was the lack of his constant coughing that had unnerved her the night
1: before. A merchant heading in the opposite direction offers to buy all of Joran's supplies for a scandalous price, warning that they're going to get taken from him by the armies he's walking towards, so he'd be better selling them now. They stop at an inn in a village, and Yoram pays for baths for all. Arya is forced to decline, despite being acutely aware of her malodorous and bug-ridden state. Sansa, she ain't.
0: Indeed. Another uh, difference between the two of them. Yes. <laughs> Sansa pretending to be a boy or not would have gotten into that battle. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the innkeep has a brother in the Night's Watch and provides a round of beer for all. Talk in the inn is of the situation further north. Raised fields, evacuated villages, and secured and defended holdfasts, unwelcoming to visitors. The gossip is a third accurate, clans coming down from the mountains of the moon and armies of the north in the riverlands. A third fantasy, Rob riding Greywind into battle. And a third dubious, a great pack of wolves terrorizing villages around the god's eye led by a giant she-wolf. Aria wonders if this might be Nymeria but she doesn't know the geography well enough to know if it's feasible.
1: Aria defends this supposed Nymeria against some of the more outlandish accusations but not unreasonably is asked why a flea-bottom urchin would know anything about wolves. Yoran turfs her out before she can bring any more suspicion on herself. Outside, she gets into a conversation with the three shackled future brothers of the Night's Watch. The least offensive introduces himself as Jaqen Hagar from Lorath in Essos. He has hair that is red on one side and white on the other. His accent reminds her of Syrio Forel.
0: As Jacken apologizes for the rudeness of his colleagues, Rorge and Biter, who has no tongue, so that name was just recently given to him, Rurge and Biter try to terrorize her, but the chains hold. Jacken suggests that Ari, who faced down Biter, might have more courage than sense. The bull arrives and reminds Ari, which is Arya's nickname in case you've forgotten, that he is not supposed to be fraternizing with the prisoners. She is a ball of anger and suggests some sparring. They don't get a chance as six gold cloaks arrive. Arya drags Jenry behind a hedge.
1: The gold cloaks announce that they have a warrant for the return of one of the recruits. Arya tells Gendry that it is her. Gendry is confused. Yoren says no, and as the gold cloaks try to menace him, the new recruits join Yoren in solidarity. Arya joins in, Gendry follows. The gold cloaks announce that he, Gendry, is the subject of the warrant.
0: Yoren takes the opportunity to pull his sword on the officer and makes him drop his sword. The officer issues some threats, but Joran slaps the horses behind, and the other goldcloaks follow their officer back down south. The recruits are excited to have won, but Joran wants them to break camp and put as many miles as possible between themselves and the pursuers.
1: Arya cannot understand why they would want Gendry. He doesn't know either. He's even less clue as to why Arya would think the queen would want her. Yoram wants them both ready to ride hard northward if the gold cloaks return. To that end, he furnishes them both with horses. Uh, can I say in passing, actually, that I intentionally wrote some of that to, tra- to trap you into converting my English word into an American word. Did you notice you do it? <laughs> Which word was it? The word was, uh, right at the start, you said normalcy. Do you remember? You yes. Said the sense of normalcy. Yeah, yes. But it doesn't say that. Normality. Normality. Oh. Normality, see. But you converted it to normalcy. And normality is very much the English word for that. Okay. America, Americans would say normalcy. So that I you, caught you. You, you were successful.
0: <laughs> you proved but, that I'm an American. <laughs> but
1: you're good. You're nimble on your feet because you just read it as if it said the word you wanted it to say. It just kept going, you know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretending to the listeners that I wrote all that. But of course, <laughs> it's completely a shared thing. We both write parts of that. I just happened to write that bit. You got me. No,
0: normality is what you were hoping I would say?
1: No, I knew you, you wouldn't. No. I knew it would just trip you up. But you, you were up, wanting to I see thought. if I would say it or not. I, I was curious what would happen when you got to that word. <laughs> I believe when I wrote it, I wrote normalcy. And then I was like, no, no. Because the thing was, I knew it was your line. I knew it was under you. Right. I was like, I wonder what would happen if I wrote normality here. Let's see.
0: <laughs> I Americanized it. That's what happened.
1: You did? You did? But without missing a beat, that was the impressive part. I ah. mean, obviously, the the audience won't know how many edits it took us to get through all that. <laughs> but let me tell you. More than he one. Got that bit, he got that bit right first time. <laughs> might, have been oh, oh, the only, actually, might have been the yeah. only bit I got right. <laughs> Arguably, I would say you got it wrong first time, but you know. <laughs> right. You, you got through it first time.
0: <laughs> so... This is another one of those chapters. Man, him, him starting us out with three out of the four. What is it? We're on chapter five. so
1: We're on epi- Are we on chapter five? Oh, yes, because we've had a Tyrion. Yeah. No, wait. Isn't this four? We've had two. This is second Arya. We've had a Sansa and a Tyrion. Let me go,
0: let me go check here because we, you said chapter five in the intro. I did
1: say chapter five in the intro, but is it chapter four? See chapter
0: one. No, it is two, chapter five. Three, four, five. We've got brand. Oh, brand. Oh, Bran. Everybody forgets about Bran. Sure,
1: Bran. Well, we had a rickin'. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but the you know, once again, four out of the first five chapters have been with the kids, and sometimes the kid chapters can be very exciting. Sometimes they can feel like filler or just like background information, you know?
1: Right, there. There is some plot development here because because the Gold Cloaks being after Gendry is a plot point that is new to us. Right, absolutely. We we would have had no idea that the Gold Cloaks were after Gendry had that not been written for us. Yes. Now now we know, and that opens up vistas which we will explore. Exactly. But yeah. That's really all that happens here. Kinda. Otherwise, otherwise, I mean, she befriends sort of Jack and Hagar. Yeah, and she doesn't take a bath
0: she learns that Nymeria might be possibly uh, growing oh, a pack that's,
1: of That's uh, wolves. right. That's but, right. There is that too. Oh, well, Well, now you break it down like that. There's plenty to go on there's here. There's plenty. Stop so, your whining.
0: So what, it could have been done in three sentences. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we have summarized it in less than a minute, but, you know. Uh,
0: but what? What? what I thought of when I was reading this chapter is that Arya is the only Stark, and really, at the moment, the only POV character that's being exposed to the the actual devastation of the war. She's out there with, you know, just out there with the people, out there with the small folks. Some of the—she meets—as as they're going north and everybody else is going south, she comes across people who have a few belongings— you know, maybe a wheelbarrow full of stuff, maybe a a milk cow or an ox or something, and, and some who have absolutely nothing. They're just walking, and they've got nothing but families to care for and no way to care for them. But all the other Starks and all the other POVs, at least in Westeros at the moment, are in their castles. And yeah, they've got stresses and worries because they're mostly lords. Uh, but at least they're getting three square meals a day. They've got a shelter, and they can take a bath when they want to. So,
1: yes, that's true. <laughs> Without <laughs> anyone pointing and saying, "Hang on a second, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, I guess, I guess, Catelyn Stark is in the war zone, but I guess she's sort of at the front rather than sort of seeing the devastation. You get, I guess, the yeah. front is not where the rem- the 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 effects are seen so clearly.
0: Right. She and Rob are in the war zone but they are hidden nicely behind the walls of Riverrun. Uh,
1: well, now they're behind the walls of Riverrun <laughs> yeah. too yeah. I, I will say just a question here this is this is possibly pedantry but she goes through some towns that are sort of like pretty much unaffected, right? At first so, yeah when they're in the Crownlands yeah. So so it made me wonder the the flood of refugees to King's Landing Why didn't they stop at these towns that were thriving and comfortable?
0: Maybe they are. Maybe just uh, it's getting full and people are like, hey, you got to move on, move it along. That's
1: what I wondered. If these towns were being less and less accommodating to the refugees, if they were saying, look, no room here. Keep going south. King's Landing will have you. Yeah, I did. I did wonder about that because it just felt like. If I was a refugee, I'd stop at the first prosperous-looking place that would have me. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm lazy, you know.
0: Now, of course, as Tyrion put it in his chapter, these refugees are will pay anything to get on the right side of the walls of King's Landing. Of walls, so, you know, yeah. these villages, if the war come, spreads far enough south, they'll be in a, a war zone once again. Right.
1: They themselves will be the next round of refugees. But right. in the meantime... Yes. Not schlepping south with my cow and my grandmother feels like <laughs> a good, a good the, solution. The right move at the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the, the merchant along the road offers them about a quarter of what their uh, belongings are worth. If you remember, Joran had a whole slew of materials he was taking back to the wall. Um, he is, I mean, he's trying to pull a fast one, but he's also probably right. If they yeah. head north into these, it's not like, Tywin Lannister's army is following by any rules of uh, battle. They are burning the crops and uh yep, they have uh terrorizing the people.
0: Yep, they've been instructed to do so. Right. So yeah, I mean if a fighting force comes across them and they want what Yorin has in those wagons, they're just going to take it. They're not going to pay yeah. him a quarter of the price for it.
1: Oh, ink and paper. That's <laughs> what we need. Yeah. <laughs> oh, seal skins. <laughs> Um, I, I also thought that the the way the graves appeared was perhaps inverse of what it would be, that the, the people would die as refugees, yes, they, as they got further away from the war, and right? So, as the as the journey's wear and tear t- told on them, but she was seeing the graves increase the other way towards right. the war. So I, I guess,
0: was... I guess, as you're getting closer to the war zone there are more casualties than further get away. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If the, if you think of war leading to casualties, yes, that does make sense.
0: But you're right. If it's casualties on the road, then they're likely been traveling. You would think they would increase as. Yeah. But the first grave she comes across is a child-sized grave, which is, of course, very sad, with a, a crystal set in the mound of dirt. And I thought, man, that's... Really, that must be really valuable at the moment. It, you know, I, I don't know what kind of crystal it was, but any kind of crystal's got to be worth something if you, uh, if yeah, but
1: maybe maybe it was inch- just a hunk of glass, you know, could have been,
0: yeah. But it, it, you know, it felt like the refugees trying to bring a sense of dignity to what yeah. seemed like a child's grave and, uh, possibly at a great expense, depending on how much that crystal was worth, what kind of crystal it was. And we also know that Littlefinger's tax, the the get-into-the-city tax, is looming ahead for them. So it might have been a costly decision to mark the grave with the the crystal more so than they
1: realize. You've got to imagine that most of these refugees will have been fleeced to the bone by the time they get to King's Landing. And that basically the tax is just going to end up with a huge shanty town outside the walls.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah, people who can't afford. Came that far and can't get in, yeah.
0: That seems like with that tax it seems like that's exactly what's yeah. in the future.
1: I wonder what you do as a refugee in that situation. I mean if you if you still got your cow, you've got sustenance. You, can, you right. can live a little bit longer. Do you keep going south? Do you figure, well, I'll go around King's Landing and into the, you know, yeah. the Stormlands and maybe
0: Maybe to the Reach. Just, the Reach is fertile.
1: The Reach, yeah, yeah.
0: Possibly. Yeah. It's rotten though. Yeah, I I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Aria says that they're supping on pork pie. And I thought, oh no, Simon, <laughs> <laughs> poor per- pork pie. <laughs> I,
1: I, I wasn't calling him pork pie, I was calling him pot pie. Pot pie? <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> if, they, if they were supping on pot pie, I would be like, man, <laughs> cannibalism this far south of the wall. Wow, it's, it's worse than we thought. <laughs> so at the inn the innkeeper um warns them not to go north that there's just devastation and that the whole fasts that aren't abandoned are shuttered and no one's going to welcome them right uh, it tells them that the mountain clans have come down from the mountains of the moon which we know is true yeah. but
0: we'll be right back hello friends Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. Yeah, I'm wondering when he said that if, if this is old news, if he's referring to Tyrion's mountain clans that are now on King's Landing or did st- some stay behind to plunder? Because Tywin offered... Tyrion to let his uh, mountain clans ride with Vargo Hote and Tyrion said no he was going to keep them with him but maybe some decided to stay or possibly Gunther is finally back with the other rounded up clans that he stayed behind to gather. I was just going
1: to ask that have have we seen Gunther since he left so yes that's a good point I, I just assumed this was like the old news of the mountain's of the mountain clans that came down with Tyrion. But you're absolutely right. We, we were expecting a whole second crop of them with Gunther. Yeah. And yes, so. I bet that is what this is.
0: Yeah. Either that or it's old news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. For Yorin and, Arya, uh, and Arya's sake, I hope it's old news. But that was what Gunther was supposed to be doing, and we haven't heard from him since. So maybe he's finally back.
1: Yeah.
0: But oddly, Yorin seems quite unconcerned about what lies ahead and he you know he spouts what um, what we've talked about before that the Knight's Watch doesn't take part in the disputes of the realm and it seems like he's been doing this job for a while you know it doesn't seem like a rookie at this recruiting thing so maybe he faced similar situations during Robert's Rebellion this is all old hat to him but a couple things struck me as one the Mountain Clan's Uh, are a new twist. I don't think he was dealing with that last time. But also Gregor and Gregor Clegane and and Vargo Hote have specific instructions to harass and plunder and rape and pillage. And so that might be a new twist. But also, how are they going to eat? If the crops are all burned and the people are all closed in holdfasts, they're going to have to live off the land, and that's going to be tricky.
1: Yep. Um yeah, you raise good points. I think I think part of his sort of uh he, I mean he's he's stubborn and obdurate by his nature, Joran. So right. he's not gonna be deviated from his plans just because there's a war ahead of him. And he also probably discounts some of this uh uh, Mountain Clan n- noise and he's probably completely unaware of the Gregor Clegane thing he thinks that yes. if he bumps into Tywin Lannister's forces or Rob Stark's forces he's going to say hey we're the Night's Watch we don't take part we'll just be on our merry way and, and he's right if he was talking to Tywin Lannister or Rob Stark they would give him passage yes. unmolested but yes. you're absolutely right if he bumps into a Mountain Clan or Gregor Clegane he is not getting any further he's going to be robbed and murdered. There yes,
0: there. you are absolutely right. He doesn't know that there's new twists this time. Right, yeah. But it's... I. I At the moment, so they're at a... If you look at the map of Westeros, this dot on the map is called the Ivy Inn. And it's right at the edge of the Riverlands and Crownlands. So... Be, hearing what he's hearing about the trouble in the Riverlands, he's he's got to know that there's a war in the Riverlands. We now know... That the gold cloaks are chasing him from the south seems like now, if there's gonna be a time to do it, now's the time to change plans and ride almost due east to Duskendale and then take that ship that we've been talking about. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, it's this Ivy Inn is like halfway between King's Landing and Harrenhal. So, right.
1: and it, it, and Hall is still the su- the southern end of the Riverlands. Really, there's a lot more of the Riverlands north of.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot so, more. Yeah. And, w- and we know that the man that presented Gendry to Joran gave him a bag of coins, gave Yorin a bag of coins. And Jorin said that he was all ready to leave. He already bought his supplies and was ready to leave when he was, one, given, presented Gendry, and two, told that um, Ned was going to be coming with him. So he didn't use that gold, those. We don't know if it was gold. We just said a purse of coins. So he didn't use those coins to buy the supplies. So you think he must still have... I guess that's where the uh, the shower... The baths and the... The
1: bath came from. The yeah. pork pies are coming in. <laughs> but,
0: but you'd think if this guy is going through the effort of getting Gendry out of town, he doesn't want him to end up dead. So maybe the point of the coins was to charter a ship north. And, yeah. you know... If we're right, then this is a either Varys or one of Varus's you know, little birds or someone associated with Varys that they would have insisted, "Hey, the Riverlands are war torn right now. You need to take a ship to get to get back to the Wall. I'm going to give you a coins to pay for it."
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the other the other aspect of this is that Varys Varys does know. It it sort of goes to what's Varys' motivation for getting Gendry out of here. Because if he's sending Gendry to the Wall to become a brother of the Night's Watch, all he's doing is trying to save Gendry's life from dangers that might pursue him. Right. Yeah. But if his idea is to save Gendry for some other future, maybe a claim to the throne as Robert's son, then first of all, the Night's Watch is a terrible place because you give up such claims right
0: <laughs> whoops didn't think that one through
1: <laughs> and second of all this is a very dangerous route you've sent him on he might yes. end up dead just by accident along this route so you're you're right so it's sort of i wonder if he if he isn't really thinking that far ahead Varys. he's just he's discharging his duty by giving Genry a fighting chance yeah i'm going to get you into the night's watch i'm going to give a bribe big enough to get you into the night's watch if you get killed on the way that's out of my hands you know? right I'm giving you a chance here. And right. That's but, that. But if he's trying to preserve him for the future, then yeah. Should have been much more careful with, and you're going to use this bag of money to get him safely to the north via ship.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the the gold cloaks coming up from the south, I mean, if you get on a ship, they can't chase you anymore, you know? Not
1: easily. No.
0: They'd have to get into their own ship and try exactly. and chase you. So, which which will be using
1: the same wind, right? <laughs> <laughs> and
0: they've got thirty guys that can row.
1: You know right, so. exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's news of Rob in the Riverlands. Um, so this means that Arya now knows she doesn't have to go all the way to Winterfell to meet her family. Right. Which is and nice. And knows I mean, it too. Right. Absolutely. Yes, and in fact, that's interesting because, if presumably it could be pieced together from information along the road that they're in the in River Run, right? River Run is not on the way. Yes, but it is only a detour away from being on the way. So I wonder, would he take that detour to try and offload her? I presume, yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. It would certainly. Yeah, because there's there's pros and cons to that. The con is you're delaying getting out of the Riverlands. By right. riding right. in the wrong direction down right. the river road all the way to River Run, right. but the upside is you don't have to keep her with you all the way to Winterfell, which is a right. long way from.
1: And, and heading to, to River Run is literally heading to the arms of the people who definitely won't try to kill her. True. If you keep going up the King's Road, you could easily be captured from behind by people chasing you before you meet a friendly face Yep, yeah so i was yeah. wondering
0: if it might be worth risking trying to get a letter to rob i mean it would be really bad if it was intercepted
1: yeah they have but, ink and paper they do <laughs> and and ravens i believe i think ravens they bit, do they? have ravens yes right. Um,
0: so they've got all they need just fire oh. off a letter
1: although the raven the ravens presumably are sort of homing birds yeah, yeah. so if you set them off in the middle of nowhere and tell them to go to river room they might be like what
0: the hell I don't know <laughs> what that
1: is <laughs> I wondered how that works you know <laughs> eventually after three days flying around it comes back and it's got this note tied to it and the gold cloaks find it and they're like ah! <laughs> yeah oh,
0: yeah yeah um He knows that the queen sent the gold cloaks after Gendry. He he doesn't, I don't think he knows who Gendry is. Yoren, you mean? Yeah, I don't don't think that. Well, Gendry doesn't know who Gendry is. Right, yeah, we don't think he does. Although later on, I question why he didn't question more about why are the gold cloaks after me? He and Arya, Gendry, kinda, yeah, yeah, he and yeah. Gen- Arya and Gendry kind of get into it about, well, why would they be after you? You're just a <laughs> right. street urchin. Well, why would they be after you? You know, and when she says, "Why would they be after you?" You're nobody special. Um, in my yeah. head, if I were him, I would have been like, "Yeah, why are they after me? Yeah. What did I do?"
1: <laughs> so. But 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 he he has been moved around like a pawn on a chessboard several times here, so he's kind of getting used to that. Yes. It would make me question why, but yes. you know, maybe he's just not very inquisitive.
0: Yeah, like we talked about last aria chapter, he's been visited by two hands of the king and the king's brother, right? In fairly close succession, so
1: right, and he was just shepherded from his apprenticeship, which was going fine, to the Night's Watch without a by your leave.
0: Yes, so you know, conveniently and... when. The king had died and a, a war has started. I don't know if he, not knowing who he is, if he could put all that together or not. But you might start right. to think, there's something different about me from the other boys.
1: Right. right.
0: But I just, I was just thinking, you know, knowing that the gold cloaks are already on their tail. And that if they figure out who Arya is, that would be really bad. Might it be worth trying to get a letter to Rob and maybe he could send? Yeah brendan tully after them or something
1: but um the only thing about that is they are still south of tywin's forces yeah. so any attempt to sort of like extricate them from this situation is fraught with danger oh yeah get absolutely through. The, it's much easier for this crew of the night's watch to get through tywin's forces than it would be for any kind of leading oh, yeah. party of rob's forces completely but, and, and and the good news about the Gold Cloaks is they weren't looking for Arya. They never even occurred to them to look in this group for Arya. And so if this group can... If, if they can avoid Gregor Clegane and the Mountain Clans and meet the Lannister forces and say, hey, we're Night's Watch, we're just heading north, then they'll be waved on through. They're not going to try and stop Gendry.
0: Right, yeah. yeah and they're
1: yeah, certainly yeah. not going to try and stop Arya because they have no idea she's there.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: But having a sort of like a force then a couple of miles north of there waiting for them to shepherd them off to Riverrun would be great. Well, right. even better, to actually take Arya to Riverrun and let Yorin keep going up the King's Road, even better.
0: Yes, that would be, that would be the ideal situation. Yeah. The ideal situation would be to go to Duskendale, take a ship...
1: <laughs> to, <laughs> just avoid to, all of this <laughs> to, to the north all the way yes. to the wall <laughs> either
0: to White Harbor or, or all the way to Eastwatch by the sea that would fix
1: yeah. all these problems so Arya hears about a huge pack of wolves being led by a she-wolf from the seventh hell uh, around the god's eye now she doesn't know she, doesn't, she says she doesn't have a map and she doesn't know the geography well enough to know if it's reasonable but we know for a fact that that is very reasonable for it to be yeah. Nymeria that's very Absolutely. much the region in which Nymeria was set loose uh at you know, the crossroads is just you know tens of miles north of uh, god's eye so yeah. uh so given that it's a she wolf and huge and terrifying, i'm going to go out on a limb and say that's Nymeria.
0: yes it certainly feels like it yeah. uh, if not, then that is a really superfluous detail of this story <laughs> i was trying to find some sort of like parallel or symbolism or something between the pack of wolves and the starks and i couldn't really come up with anything
1: well this pack good. of wolves is clearly the recruits of the night's watch i mean there's one called wolf pie <laughs> one called lummy Greenpaws. i don't know <laughs> So um, Arya thinks back to how she had to throw rocks at Nymeria to get her to stop following, and that's that's got to be painful to remember.
0: Yeah, she thinks that she wouldn't. That Arya thinks that Nymeria wouldn't remember who she is now, and if she did, she'd hate her. Which I'm not sure that that's true. Just a just a quick refresher because it was a little while ago. It came about because she and Micah were play fighting around the near the. Ruby Ford, not too far from the end at the crossroads. And Joff and Sansa were off on their date and they show up. They they hear the uh, Micah and Arya playing and they they arrive and Joff makes Micah fight him. And Micah has just a stick and Joff has his real sword, which is called Lion's Tooth. And it certainly looks like Joff is going to do serious harm to Micah because Micah's terrified. And Joff is swinging at him with his real sword. So Arya hits Joff with his stick, which then Joff whips around and tries to kill Arya with his sword. And Nymeria bites Joff to defend uh, Arya. Yeah. And that's why And the, every the Arya and Nymeria run off. And Micah runs off. And that's how Lady ends up getting killed because... She was the only wolf around at the time. Mm -hmm. And Joff's sword, Lion's Tooth, ends up in the Green Fork because Arya throws it into the Green Fork.
1: Yeah. So, one of the stories that they hear about this Nymeria is that she stole a baby, and Arya tells them wolves don't eat babies. And uh, obviously, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but why... An urchin from Flea Bottom in King's Landing would have the first idea what a wolf would or would not do. Seems very odd. And Yoru yes. notices this and tells her to shut up.
0: Yes, that uh, at that point stopping it there was fine. I, I don't think anybody would get suspicious enough to to worry, but had he let had she opened her mouth again <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid she might have said something that <laughs> When I
1: was growing up in Winterfell, I had a wolf.
0: (laughs) We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Audible. To get a free audiobook or two if you're an Amazon Prime member, go to our exclusive URL, audibletrial.com slash You can find the link in our show notes. Yeah, I figure that her struggles in King's Landing, trying to get out and living on the streets, probably taught her a bit about the importance of protecting her identity and right. not divulging that But she is only
1: nine, right? Nine yes. years
0: old? Uh, yeah, she's eight or nine. We're getting close nine. to, depending on where her birthday was.
1: Right. So she got, she's she's turfed out of the inn to stop her from saying anything else. Um, she... The, there's three chained up guys in the uh, rolling cage, you'll remember, and um, one of them um, is handsome, smiles, he's got fine features, he has half red, half white hair, which is interesting. Um, and he's well-spoken he inter- too, I, I well-spoken, compared to yes.
0: one who can't speak at all and the other who...
1: Uh, not Isn't very, well very nice that. yes <laughs> <laughs> so uh his name is jack and hagar he introduces himself and asks her basically if he could get another beer and he has um slightly and a odd... bath oh yeah he wants a bath too but being <laughs> yes. chained up rather prevents that um he he refers to himself as a man uh, he says a man could drink another beer and he refers to Ari as a boy right a boy could get a friend if he would yes. get a man a beer um and you've got something to say about that but in i do background.
0: yeah and in, in background i will okay. explain why
1: that is all right uh so yeah he's quite charming and quite nice and um he he says something like uh, you know you could get a friend and she says, "I have friends." And he sort of like raises an eyebrow and says, "It doesn't look like you've got too many friends, to be honest."
0: You know, it's Rorg. Rorg says, "Oh, I don't Rorg see any says it." Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Jack and Hagar is thinking the same thing. You know, yeah. I, I see them all surrounding you. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We obviously Ari, Arya didn't really get to help him in any way. He didn't get a beer. He didn't get a bath. But. You know, there seemed like maybe there was some sort of potential connection made there. Yeah. And yeah. I wondered if it could be a friend like situation like Sansa and Serdantis in King's Landing. Of course, obviously Sansa did a lot more for Serdantis.
1: But the whole saving his life thing.
0: Yes, that the, that little detail there. But both Serdantis and the guy chained in a both chained up and in a rolling cage don't seem very useful on their surface. No. But, you know, at this surface level at the moment, but, you know, an ally is an ally. And
1: right, right. So,
0: of course, she yeah. also made an enemy when she smacked Biter with his, her wooden stick between the uh, eyes. So,
1: yes. <laughs> yes. And as Jakan Hagar said, that you've probably got more bravery than sense. Right. <laughs> or a boy has more bravery than sense. So at this, at this juncture, um, Genry comes over and tells her stop. To stop talking to the prisoners, and uh, she's kind of like worked up from beating on Biter. She wants Gendry to uh, to spar with her. <laughs> but at this point, the Gold Cloaks arrive, and they ask if they're the, the if this is the new Nights Watch recruits.
0: Yeah, and there's a guy named Re- Raisden that says, "Yeah, we are, but we'd rather join you boys. We hear it's cold up on the wall." And I thought, if he just waited, if he just had stuck around King's Landing a little bit longer, they uh, they bolstered, you know, the Gold Cloaks have bolstered their recruit their uh, numbers by like threefold. So right. it probably could have been a Gold Cloak. He-
1: right, it's a Gold Cloak. You stay in King's Landing, you can it's still warmer. see your old friends. Much warmer. It's got yeah. big walls, but all around, not just facing one way. Yes. <laughs> um, so. Joran comes out, and he's not willing to uh, pay much attention to this warrant that the Gold Cloaks offer. He's Joran says he's got thirty men, but honestly, they're not much use. Three of them are chained up, ten of them are children. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, ten more are utter cowards. You know, it's not it's not the greatest thirty men ever. No,
0: it's not the strongest fighting force uh, we've yeah. seen on Westeros. But I, I wondered if. So when Raisden says to the gold cloak officer, you know, we'd rather join you boys. I wondered if the gold cloak officer could have used that comment to his advantage. If he had said, you know, if he had offered any man who comes, you know, to my side will be given a spot in the gold cloaks. So you don't have to go to the Night's Watch to get a job. I'll give you a job right there in King's Landing.
1: And so. You'd make a good gold cloak. <laughs> you would be trotting back to king's landing right now with eight new recruits and gendry and Arya, right
0: <laughs> <laughs> she might have gotten herself killed <laughs> no yeah. aria she's gonna go down fighting she said she wasn't running or hiding anymore
1: you, you would be in line for uh to be lord of harrenhall at this rate <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs>
0: Yeah, but but that's not how it goes. And instead all the recruits one at a time start standing up in defense uh against the the law here, against the gold cloaks. And and even Raisden, who's the one that said we'd rather join you boys, he changes his tune pretty quickly when the other guys start standing up for each other.
1: Because he didn't get the McKelly Ray offer. He didn't.
0: Exactly. <laughs> when they didn't offer he's like hey, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm we'll <laughs> fight you for him. So Yorin had warned them this was going to be a long ride in bad company, that half of the men would uh, turn, them over to the, turn Arya over to the queen and the other half would rape her first and then turn her over to the queen. But uh, it does feel like uh, maybe, maybe just because Yarn's kind of universally mean to everyone that they've all sort of <laughs> formed a bond. <laughs> right. Yeah, shared hardship. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know,
0: the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs>
1: So. but but they but they did rally around Yoren, so it's right uh, yes it's definitely, exactly it's definitely working yeah uh, you know it made me
0: think that you know, we've been taught we've been pushing this ship thing the whole time go get on a ship get on a ship but you know they the the night's watch have been doing this recruiting thing for a long time so maybe they know how to take broken men and turn them into something with more honor and pride because may, maybe this is part of it this this trek across this this hardship of a trek across the uh, you know the entire realm kind of forms a bond between the group and uh, you know I, makes, I cannot uh, want to fight for each other. S-
1: I cannot say strongly enough how much I agree with that sentiment. I think that's exactly it. If yeah. they just got on a boat, they'd be throwing up over the side. <laughs> It would be getting colder every day, and they would be like, "Why am I doing this?" But here, they've got this shared journey, this sort of like shared responsibility. Yeah, they taking watch together. at night they, with one another. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why they do it. You've you've hit the nail on yeah, the head. It's
0: ultimately, it's a uh, it's a team building exercise.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So because everyone else pulled their blade out, Arya pulls hers out, and the officer. <laughs> Officer McKelly says, uh, <laughs> "Put the blade away, little girl." So that's that's yeah. unfortunate that he would choose that particular uh, epithet.
0: Well, I, I thought that this guy should be promoted to detective because he's the only one of all the <laughs> uh, all thirty recruits and the other five gold cloaks, the only one who realized that this was a girl and not a boy. So he's got a keen eye for
1: mm-hmm. detail. Put put the blade away, little. L- Little girl with the northern features. I wonder where Arya Stark is.
0: The little girl with Ned Stark's
1: face. Yeah. So, so the fact that there's this warrant for Gendry does make you wonder what Cersei's up to. I mean, obviously this is a command from on high, and what it can't be good news. I mean, presumably it it is an anti-Baratheon bastard move.
0: definitely has the feel to it which makes you fear for little baby barra
1: right little baby barra could be in trouble baby, too
0: as a reminder baby barra is the baby that ned and Littlefinger went to see in the brothel and then that's when the fight broke out between ned's men and jamie's men and jory was killed and uh and when ned woke up ned broke his leg and then he woke up in the next chapter and Robert and Cersei were there at his bedside, and he told Robert in that, front of Cersei. Yes, in front of Cersei, that he went to that brothel to see Robert's baby. So Cersei is well aware of the mm-hmm. the fact that there is a baby of Robert's in a brothel. And if you if you use you know if you if you take out a map and you figure out where the fight between the Lannisters <laughs> and the Starks are, and where the Red Keep is. You know, if you draw a line and keep going in that direction, you get an idea of yeah, where this brothel yeah. might be.
1: Yeah, I think I mean, maybe Cersei just wants to be like a stepmother to these children. That's what it is. Clearly, that's what it is. Let's hope. So, yes, Arya is just a blabbermouth and her saying they're after me is what she should not say, of course, but she did. Uh, but as you said, Gendry would be as equally puzzled as to why they were after him. Not just why Arya would think they were after her. Yes. Uh, so yeah, uh, there are enough clues around him for him to realize that he is something. But
0: you can certainly understand him not going. I think I'm the son of the king. Right. Know, but right. Yeah. <laughs> he might yeah. certainly be like, there's something going on here with me. Something about my about yeah. me, my
1: existence. Yeah. So. Th- Joran's worried that the Gold Cloaks won't uh, won't be done. The next time they won't prance up with a, a ribboned uh, warrant. They're going to come straight for them and attack them. So yeah, they're going to likely. they're going to leave the inn there, and then they're going to ride all night to stay ahead. Uh, maybe the the Riverlands being in disarray will actually help them here.
0: Yeah, might it be easier? Might be easier to hide in the chaos of a war torn. Right area right.
1: but the, at the same time progress might be slower because of yes it, so.
0: exactly yeah now now what what yoren says he tells ari slash aria and gendry to, to get on these horses and they've been riding donkeys get on these horses and at the first sign of the gold cloaks take off in front of us because you're you you two are the only one ones that they want well, he thinks it's, you know, he says Gendry, but we know that... It, right. it's Right. He's, he's, he's
1: equally worried about Arya, yeah. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. Uh, and, you know, I thought, and Arya's worried about them. He says, they don't care about the rest of us. And she's like, well, he did say he cut your head off if he, next time he saw you. Uh, but they could, you know, they could possibly, if, if Arya and Gendry are not with the rest of them, they could say, you know, they were killed in, um, you know, some skirmish right. we got caught up in.
1: Right, yeah. All right, well, what background do you have?
0: So, Jack and Hagar says that he is from the free city of Lorath. So, let's talk a little bit about Lorath, shall we? Lorath is the second most northern of the nine free cities of Essos. Only Bravos is further north, and both cities sit on the Shivering Sea, which is the sea north of Essos. And both are made up of islands. However, where Bravos is made up of a of 100 little islands, Lorath is the largest of three islands, the second largest island in the group being Lorassian. Lorath sits at the mouth of the Lorath Bay, and Lorath is considered the poorest of the free cities, as well as the most isolated and backward. Now, Jaqenigar is kind of unique having left the island, as not many Lorathi ever leave, and even fewer Lorathi make their way to Westeros. The Lorathi Isles are bleak and stony, but the waters around them teem with sea creatures. The Lorathi Islands are not known for their fighting prowess and are mostly thought to be richly dressed poets and merchants. Thanks to the isle's original inhabitants, the islands are covered with cool mazes, which might explain why not many Lorathi ever leave.
1: <laughs> Cheap gag, well done. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. i had been waiting all week for that one. <laughs> Eventually, the islands were overtaken by Andals, and for a while, they did develop a military power. However, when their Andal leader, Carlon the Great, got a bit too big for his britches and attacked Norvos, which is the city to the south, the Navasi called Papa Bear, a.k.a. the Valerian Freehold, for help. The Dragon Lords <laughs> swooped in and burned Carlon and his army, but they didn't stop there. In what became known as the Scouring of Lorath, they next flew to Lorath and burned the entire city, leaving no survivors. The island then sat empty for a century, considered haunted, but in 1436 BC, worshippers of the blind god Borash from Valeria settled in those ancient mazes built by the first Lorathi, making temples and towns and tombs out of the mazes, And eventually the island became a refuge for escaped slaves since the priests of Borash believed that all were created equal. With the influx of new residents, those faithful to Borash eventually died out around 700 BC. However, some of their beliefs and teachings carried on after them. Because they considered all humans equal, men and women were treated equally, which is pretty unusual for most of the places we've visited (laughs) so far in our story. Now here's where I get to where I said I'd explain why Jaqen Hagar talks the way he does. The priests of Borash believed heavily in self-denial, so much so that they referred to themselves and others using, using indefinite pronouns. So they referred to themselves as a man, a woman, instead of saying I, me, or mind. And as we learn from and Hagar, although the cult of Borash has been gone for a long time, some of those speaking habits are still used in Lorath today. In fact, nobles regarded it as vulgar to speak of oneself directly. Two
1: thousand years of history for that. Yeah, that's what it took <laughs> to explain that. No, that's very yeah. good. That that's I I had no idea. I just thought it was a a, a quirk of Jack and Hagar. But it's interesting that it is Lorathi generally. who do this
0: exactly. Yeah, it was born it. and bred in him.
1: Yep. Yeah. All right, comparison with the television show, uh, the scene that plays out here is preceded in the TV show by a scene with Janice Slint and the gold cloaks holding the master armorer's face to the coals in order to find out where Gendry is. The armorer coughs up the intel pretty, pretty readily. I'm thinking you could have just asked. He clearly wasn't trying to hold <laughs> on to that secret. <laughs> he joined the night's watch what's the face in the coals for uh, <laughs> but he does also mention the bull helmet because one of the things i had a problem with with this whole thing is how would you know you were getting gendry
0: right you yeah. know
1: but but the arm let me see tells, some id yeah exactly the armor tells um uh janice slint about the bull helmet so um okay he's he's got that to look forward to uh there is no inn or beer. Jack and Hagar is just thirsty. But otherwise the conversation with the three captives is very similar. Uh, only two gold cloaks come. So the fact that the useless Night's Watch are able to stare them down is a little bit more understandable. The gold cloaks don't know who Gendry is. As they, as they leave, they announce loudly they're looking for a boy named Gendry and anyone helps them capture him would win the king's favour. That is kind of like the McKelly Ray tactic, right there.
0: Right, yeah. there you go. See, not alone so Yor- here.
1: On the TV show, Yoren is forced to scare them off single handedly. The other recruits just stand up, above- stand around, looking sort of stupid. The ho- actually, I think the whole scene makes more sense in the show. To be honest, if you if if, yeah. if in the show they'd all sort of drawn arms and sort of joined Yoren, it would have looked weird. The show scene right. made made more sense to me. Sure. Um, just a, This is possibly a spoiler, but I don't think so because there's only one logical conclusion for why the Gold Cloaks are looking for Gendry. The TV show left no doubt about what Cersei's intentions are because we see Gold Cloaks roaming King's Landing, murdering various dark-haired children, including Baby Barra. We see Aww. her demise. Yeah. So uh, she is clearly reading the realm of Robert's progeny. Uh it does make you wonder how insecure she must feel in her position. You're in open rebellion against multiple other kings, and you're worried about some children who look a bit like your dead husband. <laughs> right? <laughs> it seems like they're way down the importance list, but hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Prioritize here, come on,
1: yeah. Um. So yes, so Pedantry. How would these Lannister lackeys know which one Gendry was? I assume that there is a nod to what Ned noticed—that he is the spit of Robert in his youth. Right. But then again, would these uh would these disposable Lannister gold cloaks know what Robert looked like in his youth? I'm doubting it. I so that doesn't I particularly help. So I, I'm imagining sort of an inverse Spartacus thing where the three chained up guys all start shouting, I'm Gendry! No, I'm Gendry! <laughs> in order to try and get out of this mess that they're <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> Take me back to King's Landing! <laughs> I, the other thing is, we, we haven't mentioned it yet, but the, the Comet gets another mention in this chapter. And I have a bit of, yeah. i am got a growing bit of pedantry around the Comet because where is this comet in the sky okay given that the sun rises and falls we can assume that the planet is rotating sure if the planet okay. rotates the comet should rise and fall and danny specifically on the day danny bur- uh, burned caldrogo's pyre she mentioned that the first star was the comet which suggests that it was rising at that point
0: okay yeah
1: yeah um It's been mentioned several times that it's visible in the daylight.
0: Yes, it has.
1: Right? So, but the thing is, if it was the first star of the evening, well, I'm not sure that's true necessarily what I was about to say there. But there was one idea here that the northern sky, assuming you're in the summer, the northern sky doesn't set. It stays above you because if you think about where the pole star is, the pole star is always in the same position in the sky.
0: Right, I get it. Night
1: yeah. night and day. So if the if the comet was close to the pole, you would see it all the time. But then it okay. would be in the north. And I would think that that would come up in people's rationale about what it was. If it was in the northern sky, you'd be like, oh, it's winter. Oh, it's the others. Oh, it's...
0: Didn't, I could be wrong, but didn't Danny say that it was in the, that when she saw the comet, it was in the eastern sky.
1: I thought so too. I thought so too. And, and in that, brand case,
0: said when they saw the comet it was in the morning sky, which I guess would be the sky where the, the east, where the sun is rising. I guess we'd be considering right, but, it the but, morning but okay, sky.
1: it can't both ri- it can't be both rising in the east at sunset and still in the east at sunrise. Okay, it's a solid point. Yeah, so it's it's a little <laughs> bit weird where that thing is, and I'm I'm a little bit confused. Uh news and notes. Do we have something exciting going on this week, McKelly?
0: We do. Do tell? It was yesterday. No, it wasn't yesterday. You were afraid it was yesterday.
1: <laughs> I was afraid it was yesterday. I was had a panic attack.
0: <laughs> well, I was do you want to tell
1: them? Or do you... Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, we, we are doing another of our infrequent but very interesting interviews with uh, noted academics. And right. We're going to talk to uh, Dr. Kirk Honda, who's a psychotherapist, and we are specifically going to talk about Geoffrey Baratheon and diagnose yep. his problems and see if we can't fix him.
0: How exciting is that, huh?
1: I, I'm really excited. I can't well, me wait. Me too.
0: I just talked with Dr. Honda this morning over email to confirm that uh-huh. we're set, and he said he's in. So it's awesome. unless uh, something changes, we should be doing that uh, later this week. Well, it won't but, be posted. I, I, I can't say exactly what day we'll post it. Right. We're recording it you, a couple days from now. <laughs> you,
1: you know how this works. Exactly. My wife, My wife was particularly excited when she heard I was talking to a psychotherapist. Her disappointment grew as she understood what was going on. She thought, "Finally, <laughs> finally, finally, he got my not so subtle message."
0: Uh, all right, well, how i How about we read a uh, another review, huh?
1: No, go on. We found another uh, good one.
0: Yeah, well, I, there are many out there. Let oh, me tell okay, you. okay, okay. So this review. Is from, I don't know how you pronounce that username. It's uh, it's it looks like a random collection of letters. Yeah, but it's, it
1: might. Well, be... I'll, I'll spell it so that this person can know. It's J F U A K N F U J C J S H. And if it stands for something rude, I apologize to our listeners. But...
0: <laughs> <laughs> if it stands for something rude, we are not smart enough to figure it <laughs> exactly. out. <for> <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Okay, and this review was from Apple Podcast uh, Great Britain. Because each like each area has their own Apple Podcast. So I went okay. to the okay. Apple Podcast Great, Great Britain to get this. And it goes like this. The subject line says, fantastic, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast.
1: So far, so good.
0: Yeah, that's a good start. The Ghost of Harrenhal is one of the best of Song of Ice and Fire podcasts out there. <laughs> you should see Simon's face. <laughs> the hosts, Simon and McKelly have... Brilliant chemistry oh, and the structure the of their podcast allows for easy listening and enjoyment. It's clear how much work and effort goes into every episode and uh, yeah, yeah. We we
1: don't make it look easy, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> <We don't. laughs>
0: and the quality of the episodes is first class. The episodes are around an hour mark. Well, sometimes a little over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when we get the gabbing.
1: Get on with it. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which
0: is ideal for consuming the podcast as the hosts are able to get into the depths to make the chapters interesting and pick out the small points that the casual reader may have normally missed, but not so long that they can't be enjoyed in one sitting. I look forward to new episodes every Monday. Keep up the great work, lads.
1: Well, thank you, Mom. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> No, i I don't know who that is but that's awesome thank you very that much that is thank it. you
0: that is a fantastic review really i we say this all the time you know when our when listeners reach out and we say this on the show all the time but really it's the the best part of what we do is hearing that people are enjoying what we it, do yeah so.
1: is the, the adoration that's the yes. best part keep that coming yeah. <laughs> all right so let's conclude Arya definitely needs to stop tipping her hand. She is only nine, but she needs to... Like you said, she should have got used to hiding her identity. She needs to realize that pretty much anything she thinks to say will contribute to her revealing who she is. So yeah. shut up. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, she. it felt like she was starting to come pretty close here in the inn. Yeah. And when she was talking to Gendry and saying, you know, they're here after me, it certainly tips your hand a little bit, that she believes anyway that there's something special about her that the Queen would want. So. Right, right. Shh!
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, ignoring the TV show, what does Cersei want with Robert's Bastards? It's nothing good, obviously, but uh, yeah. it does appear to be tying up loose ends to remove any threat to Joffrey's claim, but again, I say Joffrey's claim is not under any threat from Gendry.
0: No. There's a Bara. lot of
1: threat from yeah. <laughs> Barra, yes. But but Stannis Baratheon and Rob Stark and Renly, Renly Baratheon, yeah. those are serious threats.
0: Yes. Keep your focus on, yeah, that's what on I th- those who are claiming to be kings. Yes. Not the folks yes. who probably <laughs> don't even know that they are related to <laughs> right. Robert Baratheon anyway.
1: Genry yeah, wasn't even claiming to be a blacksmith. <laughs> <laughs> Just an apprentice.
0: I sure wish Ned hadn't spilled the beans about Bera. That uh, yes, yes. hindsight yes. baby, probably would have uh, been all right if not for that
1: revelation. So Yorin so is clearly honorable in the sort of style of Ned Stark. Um, yeah. And he's willing to risk an incommensurate amount of trouble to complete the mission he's been assigned, which, which just out of just a point here is not really a Night's Watch mission. Protecting Gendry is not. Well, I guess protecting Gendry is a Night's Watch mission.
0: Because. In so, in so much as that Gendry is now theoretically yeah. a member of the Night's Watch. Right. But he's only been a member of the Night's Watch for at most a couple
1: weeks. He yeah. hasn't said his words yet, and he's not there under duress. You know, he could walk right. away if he wanted to.
0: So you're right. I mean, he could say, yeah, t- just take him and leave us alone. Right. You know, if he was a different guy, if he was Alice or Thorne. He probably would have just said, "Probably would have take him and leave us alone." <laughs> yes. But he's not. He's a good,
1: honorable sort. Yeah, it's but I mean, but but he is. I mean, that's the one thing. This is the trouble he Jaren is bringing down on himself is potentially deadly, and yes, it is only to protect one recruit who he only got a small purse of money to take. So, and they're
0: not asking for that money
1: back. So, right? Yeah, I, I, it's like. When when Carson asked me to go and get the newspaper from the end of the driveway, if it's raining, I'm not going to do it. I mean, there's only so much risk I'm willing to take to fulfill <laughs> right. the mission. Water on wrecked. your head
0: is, right. exceeds
1: That's that risk. That. I'll get it, but in my own time, <laughs> Yarn is more noble than me.
0: Yeah, well, you know, he's good like that. And if if what we're hearing about the Riverlands is true and the Mountain Clans are involved, which is easy to believe this could get really dangerous as they make their way into the war torn area. Yeah. Silver lining. Maybe they could lose the gold cloaks in the process, but uh, yeah. other side is they might end up getting themselves killed.
1: Yeah. So now you're in an area know that the stocks are in the riverlands. So maybe there'll be a shortcut to getting Arya home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, at least Yeah, it's an option. Yeah. You know, there's two options now. If it, if it doesn't look like it's going to work, okay, don't do it. But at least there's a second yeah. option here. Yep. And hey, it looks like the Night's Watch recruits are starting to bond. Maybe Jordan knows what he's doing after all. Maybe right. maybe everything's going to be fine. They're going to waltz right through the
1: Riverlands. Yep. That sense of belonging and brotherhood comes from the shared adversity. Exactly.
0: Yep. For the, it might be the first time that any of these guys have this sense of belonging and a sense of right. brotherhood.
1: Yeah, very true.
0: true. Maybe it's starting to change them in some ways. Although, in my opinion, still time to charter a ship. All
1: right, let's wrap this up. As always, you can reach us at ghost.harrenhall at gmail.com and you can follow us on Twitter at ghostharrenhall. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.
0: And hey, if you wouldn't mind going out and leaving us a five star rate and or a fantastic review, we would certainly appreciate it. And hey, you might get it read right here on our show.
1: the bar's been set pretty high, but yeah, you, you would. If it was nice, you'd get rid of it. Right.
0: I am picking it totally at random, so. All
1: right. Well, thank you for listening.
0: Thanks. Bye. Bye.